T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, everybody. The show about the show. The show within the show. As always, you can listen to us on the DA Show podcast feed where you get the rest of the program, the rest of the show every single day, plus the best of daily clip. But also you get us on the PGP podcast, its own podcast feed. So check us out there. Permission Granted Podcast or the DA Show on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe, rate, and review. Programming note, next Tuesday, I'll be broadcasting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from Kansas City. I will be on the air all of those three days doing the morning show, but those three days I will also be in KC preparing for my own afternoon show. They have me coming back for an alumni show as I worked in KC from 03 to 08. I'm super excited to go back and do this, bring back a lot of the old characters from the show, a lot of the old bits for a one-day-only, two-hour special So I'm pretty fired up about that. That'll be Tuesday afternoon and going to be smoking some ribs with B-Dub, I think, and eating some good Q and trying to get out and see some friends. So if you want to check out some of the details, you can follow me on Instagram for that. I'll document my trip. That's at Damon Amendo on Instagram, at Damon Amendo. Whereas I heard you sigh there. You ready for some B-dub ribs, I suppose? The way you said that, you painted the perfect picture where I could taste the ribs coming off of that bone ever so delicately and into my mouth, and I am extremely jealous that you're getting to eat some of that. Yeah, I'm super fired up about that, but I didn't even really describe it. That just popped into your mind, so you must really be fiending for some barbecue. I'm starving. I am I am totally starving. I have been not hungry, which would be, I would say, not myself for three days, and I, I, as I sat during the final hour of Wednesday's show, Kaplan caught me basically licking a Dunkaroo container clean. Yep. I, I am starving. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the medicine I'm on that's finally clicked. I don't know if that means my body now is finally getting back to where I need it to be and therefore is begging to put bad stuff back into it. But I am starving, DA. And hearing you describe that rib taste, I could, like I could taste that on my tongue. Well, I think that sometimes when you get sick and you're you're recovering, because when you are ill, you have no appetite. But when you're recovering, 
then your body probably needs more nutrients because it's fighting and battling and it's just overcome something. So maybe needs more feeding and maybe you're right with the vitamins as well. You got your body working overtime trying to, to, to shed this illness. So you're probably going to end up being super hungry. I got to say, though, that everybody behind the scenes on our inside chat was killing you for the Dunkaroos. Do you think chocolate icing is the best way to get healthy? It definitely isn't. However, this was funfetti icing, which is always a great way to be healthy. Um, I, I would say this. Again, I'm out of my home element right now. There was a banana I could have had. I suppose I could have gone there. I, I just, I, I, I'm working with what I got around me. I, I, I wish I had my normal plethora of whatever I could go to, a rice cake with peanut butter, let's say, something like that. They're just, I, I'm trying to grab something quick. I opened up the cabinet and I saw a big Dunkaroo package. I said, just give me that. Give me them sweets. Now, just as a programming note, when I go to Kansas City, that afternoon show will not be heard on CBS Sports Radio because, of course, we have Tiki and Tierney. But you can stream it at 610sports.com. So if you want to listen to it online, also you can uh, listen to it in podcast form because after it's done, it's a two-hour show. We'll post it in our podcast feed and I'll post it on YouTube as well. So there's going to be multiple ways for you to, to listen. If you want to get a little old-school feel of the show the way that it once was, now dating back nearly 15, well, more than 15 years ago in some cases, you were a little irate at the end of Tuesday's, Wednesday's show because <laughs> we had some listeners suggest that you and Ben Simmons share similarities that you were both coddled. Well, Danielle does everything for you these days. Get lost. She does everything for me. Tell her to talk to a contractor for once at my house. Take a lap with that take. Danielle told me she does all the finances. Yeah, because she wants to. Not because I can't. Well, she doesn't she... food shop or do laundry. I get, I'm not going to settle for that take. She can be very lazy. <laughs> and it's undoubtedly a, a part of your life that you want appreciation, recognition, acknowledgement for things that you feel like you do well. And that for motivation, you feel like there needs to be a carrot out there. For better or worse, you want a reward. You don't want to just do something to do something because it's the way that it's supposed to be. You do want recognition or reward. That is oftentimes because growing up, you know, your parents or people around you would reward you with this and with that and make you feel good about your accomplishments. You are bucking that idea, though. You you don't think that that was the case in your childhood at all. It's not. I think I know it wasn't the case in my childhood, D.A. I mean, look no further than I come home with a really good art project. How does my mother think of it? Rips it right in half in front of me because she got into a fender bender. Uh, I make the honor roll in junior high. What happens when I get that little bumper sticker for my parents to put on the car? My dad says he's not going to mess up the car with it. Three years later, what happens when my sister gets the same bumper sticker and went right on the damn car? Uh, you know, other kids that I grew up with would maybe get a good video game for straight A's. I get straight A's in junior high. At one point when I was really smart, what do I get? Absolutely nothing. Don't even get to pick dinner. Uh, how do I end up fat? My parents allow me to supersize me and don't, and don't take any parental guidance on there. Uh, even so in high school, I wanted a cell phone. I wanted a car. Well, it was, you're going to go work for it and go get a job at a sandwich shop and go do it. My sisters wanted a cell phone. Hey, join our bill. My sisters wanted a car. 
we'll take care of you. My entire life, I have had to be independent and the opposite of coddled, and maybe that's why I'm looking for the coddling now, because I've been searching for it my whole life. Well, what, what made your parents flip in terms of, of treating your sisters differently? I think, I, I don't know. I mean, in many ways, maybe there was like an element of I'm the boy, so I'm like, I'm, I'm a son. I should be independent and strong and figure this out. Uh, and my sister, my, my next sister, Samantha, was always smarter than me anyway, but I think then maybe from there I set the bar so low and they tried to learn from their mistakes, so then they raised up my sisters and coddled them. I don't... I, I don't know. There has to be a combination of reasons, but they believed with me the best way to go about it was I had to basically figure things out on my own or I wasn't going to be basically patted on the back every step of the way. And I think maybe in many ways they saw the failures in me and then thus realized they had to pat my sisters on the back. I don't know the answer to that, but that's the only thing I could deep dive and assume. And I love my parents, but please, coddled, not meek out of the three kids. No way. But your mom, when you say something ridiculous will oftentimes defend you. And when you don't know something, your mom will tell you, no, no, you're right, they're being mean. So there are instances where your parents do kind of blindly support you. That's in adulthood, though, DA. That, that is not a lineage of growing up. That is probably a combination of making up for lost time and not coddling me growing up, slash protecting as best they can the embarrassing name I've given the family in what I say on the air. Okay, so what about the claim that Danielle kind of coddles you that, Look. you know, <laughs> yeah. she has told me that, you know, she she handles the finances and she and she obviously runs the household and she's the one that gets Taylor up and out the door in the morning. And Danielle, I think even you told me, like, she worked her butt off to find she the did. right rates for your home renovation like without danielle you guys wouldn't have even known you could do it danielle has always hustled to get the next degree to get the next certification for her office and for her career so what about that that she that she she handles everything in the household and you're you're kind of allowed to to just be morass so there's a double-edged sword here i am not going to sit here and throw cold water on everything my wife has worked for and worked hard and handled she absolutely does a tremendous job with it. But if you think for a second that she's some, I would be like this lost adult without her basically wiping my behind. You are so lost on this. She handles most of the finances and bill paying because that's what she wants to do. I was doing just fine before I was marrying, paying my credit cards, my phone bill, as I mentioned, my own car, my car insurance. I'm not inept at paying bills. Our finances got combined, and this is what she she went on and did because she wanted to do it. As far as day-to-day, -day, I mean, the next time my wife steps foot in a supermarket, it'll be the first time in about seven years. The next time she throws on a load of laundry, again, first time in about eight years. I handle all the day-to-day -day household stuff. She just handles the big financial stuff. And, yeah, does she get my daughter ready in the morning? Does she do a great job with it? Does she give her most of the baths? Absolutely. But I got news for you. If the jobs were reversed and she was up at a job at 4 a.m. and I was up at 8 a.m., it would be me getting our daughter ready. She gets her ready by default. So, no, I am not coddled by any means. We are a great team. But I would say, yeah, she might handle the big, big stuff. But the day-to-day -day making sure this household is run, that is all on me, baby. <laughs> That's me, baby. That's me. So, you're telling me that you do Danielle's laundry and have Absolutely. her eight and for eight years, you've done her laundry. 
her laundry. Yeah, but now I do my daughter's laundry. I do all the laundry in the house. I am not even sure that my wife would know where the laundry pods are in our house. Oh, come on. I absolutely do. Now, she sometimes will rain on my folding a bit, and she might take over some of the folding if she sees me with a laundry basket. But, no, it is me putting on that wash, getting that dryer going. Uh, oftentimes, it's me with the mop out, mop on a floor, cleaning the bathroom if I see it's a little dirty. Absolutely. The supermarket, she would have no idea what we need at any given time. That's all on me as well because she claims she gets very anxious at a supermarket. Well, also, you are the food guy. So if anybody's going to want, like, she wants to own the finances, you want to own the food shopping. I'm, and I'm not complaining that I food shop because you are right. There is an element of that. She went food shopping when we first got an apartment the first time. And she did what we would call in hockey terms. She took a dive. She very much came back where, you know, a bag of veggie straws here. Uh, you know, under under buying the kind of meat I'd want. No, yeah, well, maybe she's trying to get you healthy. It wasn't healthy. It was what we call a dive. She knew I would hate what she came back with, and she purposely did it so that I would take charge and make sure I went food shopping. I know what she did. I know the game she played. That was not the, hey, if I'm doing this, we're going to get healthy. That was, I'm doing this because I know you're going to hate it, and I know you'll never let me go again. It was such a trick, and I fell for it. I don't think you're giving up her giving her enough credit there i, I think just gave her a ton of credit i said we're a good team yeah but she might have wanted to get you healthy and that's why she brought back veggie straws oh stop she wants to get me healthy you know how many times she orders a big box of cookies that are 10 pounds each that show up at the door on amazon oh thought you would like these come on she has plenty of times to get me healthy other than that <laughs> well do you think that there is a similarity between you and Ben Simmons that perhaps you do need more positive reinforcement and more support from team members or coaches slash bosses than the normal employee? It's a tough question for me to answer. My initial instinct would be yes. Yes, we are similar in that way because I won't deny that I, I – feel the best when I get positive reinforcement. There's no doubt about it. That is when I feel I am absolutely at my best. But I don't necessarily know that I need it. I, I mean, I could function as a, as a husband, a father, as an employee, as a member of the DA show without the positive reinforcement, where Ben Simmons, you oftentimes have to wonder if he could function on offense in the NBA without positive reinforcement. So I think I function better without it, but I do think there's an element of us sharing that need and thirst for it. Absolutely. Yeah, but he's a three-time All-Star, so maybe yeah, it's the I perfect mean, comparison. I guess, but looking back, Ben Simmons is an All-Star because we're including defense. He's supposed to be an All-Star because there he came out. I, I question whether he really deserved it. Let's go back and look at how deep the East was in reality. Probably wasn't. He was an all-star by default, let's be honest. Ouch. Jeez. I just, about... you know, Ben Simmons is a, that's a negative shadow on him in this postseason, obviously. This whole offseason of the NBA is going to be about the future of Ben Simmons. And being attached to that and the need for coddling, that puts a negative black cloud over me, and I don't need that juju. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be in Milwaukee, just like game two as well. And Aiden, our young assistant producer in at Marquette, is going to be there. Of course, Marquette is in Milwaukee. And so he's going to be going down to the Deer District and doing some Man of the Street interviews with some Bucks fans 
for the shows this week, this week and Monday morning as well because Game 2 is on Friday. And it's been brought to my attention that on <laughs> Monday, you and Bogues crapped all over the Deer District? It wasn't Monday. I guess it was uh, one of the days you were out on that wraparound weekend. Was it the week before? Yes. You were out a Thursday. For, okay, so we did a whole segment. It ended up being turning into multiple segments with tweets and calls coming in. I find it so lame if you don't have tickets to a game and you are crowding in basically like a tight park watching a game on a Jumbotron going nuts with complete strangers. The last thing I'm looking for if I don't have tickets to a game is some sort of commute home. Just watch the game at home. I mean, there's, there's like thousands of people packed in, what are they calling it, the Deer Garden or wherever they are watching the Bucks game. I thought the same thing when the Raptors did it at the Jurassic Park. And then somebody texts me, he's like, oh, I don't see Nets fans doing it. Yeah, you know why we don't do this? Because we have lives. We watch the games at home or with our friends. That's why. <laughs> I, think... I mean, what are you doing um... in Milwaukee? Can you just go home? Just go home. Yeah, I've never – I like to watch important games with as few people as possible. Right. I want to hear the TV. I want to have a conversation. I want to be looking at my phone. I want a, a bathroom nearby. I want to be comfortable. You're right. You got to be some, doing something better with your life. You got to. About how the TV networks really need to stop showing, the, you know, trying to recapture the magic that was in Toronto with uh, Jurassic Park. That all these Bucks fans out there, don't you want to be near your own bathroom or home if you're not in the arena? What's the point of standing out there? And I believe Bogish might have been the one that called them, quote, losers, get a life. Uh, we really piled it on. I even did a sports minute on it. This has zero to do with the pandemic and more to do with, do we not have anything better to do? If you don't have a ticket to a game, why on earth would you want to be anywhere besides home, a buddy's house, or a bar to watch the playoffs? Give me my own bathroom over a porta john Give me my own 12-pack over a beer cart. And give me no commute home over the Fear the Deer fans party yesterday. I'm all for enjoying the moment, but going to watch a game with complete strangers in a park? That's a tough sell. I'm Mraz. And basically what we came to, and many of our listeners came to, is if you're standing out there in the Deer Garden, there's no way you're a true diehard Buck fan because you're either in the building or you don't want to be distracted by a bunch of screaming idiots around you. So when you mention that Aiden's going out there, it is funny to me because we had a good basis of the show questioning whether these were real Buck fans or not, and these are the people he's going to go interview. But there are people that are there pregame hanging out there, I'm sure, and then going into the arena. That's different. If you're if you're trying to get the atmosphere pregame or party with everybody postgame, I do think that's different. Our attack was more on the, and I would have said the same for all the Islander fans who piled into the Nassau Coliseum the other day, although I guess in the arena is a little different. But this need to just stand outside and not have a seat for three hours with a bunch of complete strangers I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of it. I, I feel like that's more up to your deal. You love that kind of stuff. Me and Bogus are very anti it. Well, I would say that if there's a validity to any of your points, is that if you're a really die-hard fan, you're living or dying by this type of stuff, then being distracted, not being able to hear the sound well enough, is going to be it that's that's a real drawback. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the, those shoes like if the Mets were in an NBA uh, an NBA final/world series type of scenario, I don't think I could do a deciding game in a public place, but when the Mets were making that run, I did enjoy going out to bars with other Mets fans and experiencing that because there was such camaraderie around it and there there's some amazing stories of like when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in 94 
New York City bars, like the people that were out of those bars say it was the greatest night well, ever in Manhattan. So I do think that there is a value sometimes of being out unless you're kind of on pins and needles and, you know, you're, you're an emotional wreck. An Eastern Finals, a game one and two, it's not quite pressurized yet. I think I could get behind it. The other thing is that it's so rare for these people in these northern states to be able to go outside and just sit outside and have a great day outside. You get it for like three months a year. That to combine that with one of your favorite teams playing in a huge game and have beer served around there does sound like a pretty good time. You've been you've been trapped in your house for ten months. Don't you want to be outside instead of sitting inside watching a basketball game if you can and have some beers? So there's two parts of that that I think are worth discussing. Number one, we were very quick to say going to a bar and getting that atmosphere is different than standing outside the arena with some big screen because it might be your favorite local bar or maybe that's where you watch a lot of games anyway and you maybe that's where your fr- other friends of the team happen to be. You, you meet them at a bar stool or something like that. So it is a little different. And the other part of this, because we had mentioned, you know, maybe a commute home, who wants to do that, no close bathroom, are the fact that how many of these Bucks fans, Let's because this is the case we're using in Milwaukee, they live in an apartment nearby the arena, they've been cooped up, they don't have a lot of space to stretch out, now it's a beautiful night, they do want to just be outside, and they don't have the comfort of a suburb, nice house where they could sit out in the backyard or something like that in Wisconsin. Do you give those specific people a break? And I guess that's where I would ease up a little bit and understand Geez, I mean, I, I'm in a, a one, two-bedroom apartment. Just let me get out of the house and feel a little energy. I guess I could see it, but still, I, I just keep coming back to, I would be so out of the zone and distracted by the actual game and more attracted to the screaming and yelling of of energy where I, I just don't know. I, I just can't get there as a sports fan. Let me also tell you, you've been trapped in your house as a young person for a year and a half. You want to go out and meet people. There's going to be, if you're a guy, there's some lovely ladies that are going to be out. They're wearing Bucks gear. They're into the Bucks. Now, suddenly, you have a common thing to talk about with them. You're also hunting for, for gals that yeah. like sports. That's a good thing. It's an easy conversation. You swap text messages. You're on each other's Instagram suddenly, and boom, you got a connection. Or if you're a gal, you know, there are some sports-loving females that go, the best place to meet guys is a sports bar. You hear that quite a bit from females that really like sports. If I want to meet a guy, I go to Buffalo Wild Wings. If I want to meet a guy, I go to the sports bar because I know those guys are into the same things I'm at, I'm into, and there's it's a it's an eight-to-one ratio for me. See, that's tough for me because I, I don't know about that, D.A., because I I would tend to guess that the majority – I guess this is different. The majority of the people you're going to see there, probably from the female perspective, may already be there in a larger group with with a boyfriend and maybe their boyfriends, girlfriends, and stuff like that. I que- I really do question how many groups of single females are showing up to these fear the deer parties in Milwaukee, and and you better be right that they're single because all it takes is you trying to make a move. Oh, how would you become a Bucks fan? Exchange an Instagram like you said, something like that. Before a boyfriend comes back with a couple beers and then decks you in the face for making a move on his girlfriend, that is a that is not an easy spot to meet somebody. I don't think that's as layup as you think. Oh, it's the easiest spot because you just described a situation that's every bar situation or every every situation ever talking to a girl and then the, there's a boyfriend in the picture or there's a boyfriend that comes back or a husband. I mean, like 
that could happen anywhere, not just at Bucks watch parties. That's every situation ever talking to a female. Number two, it's the easiest, most casual conversation because it's just people outside trying to have a good time. I mean, in Milwaukee, how many great big events do you think that there's been over the last year plus? There's probably been none of them. They've not been, many. you know, siphoned off. And so this summer, you go to all of them. I mean, if if you're a, if you go to Marquette, if you're a college kid that goes to Wisconsin and you're home for the weekend, or home for the summer, or what have you, these are the places that you go. This is, this is, this is great. I mean, to me, ultimate socializing, because these are the types of people that share your common interests. You're not going to the orchestra. You're not going to the Milwaukee Ballet. You're going to watch the Bucks in game one. Well, look, maybe this does say more about me or a bogish, because you're bringing up something that, as married men right now, that seems a long time ago in the rearview mirror. But, again, I come back to this, T.A. If you are truly a diehard Milwaukee Bucks fan, you grew up, you're facing the Brooklyn Nets, and many people assume that is actually the Eastern Conference Final at the time, right? Like, I I don't have time to be wondering if there's any single girls around me to watch party. No, I got business to take care of, and that's rooting for Chris Middleton to hit every big three to knock him out. I I, I, just, I ain't got no time for that. My team's going to chase an NBA Finals. I'll worry about meeting a girl at the parade. I'm not worried about doing that now. I got a game to focus on. The funniest thing is that for you and Bogues, if you were to pull everybody inside the Deer District or the Raptors thing or any of these watch parties, did you have a good time? Are you happy you went? I would imagine it's 80-20 yes. It might be 90-10 yes. But we know the majority of people are happy that they went or else people wouldn't keep doing it. So why crap all over people that by and large are just having a good time? They like being there. They're happy, and you're calling them losers. Like, that's the dumbest take. And this is why the PGP is perfect, because it oftentimes leads us down a road of a therapy couch, and we usually get somewhere. And as those words are leaving your mouth, it dawns on me. This is where I get into trouble by thinking I'm the fan police. I need to tell people how to be a real fan because it's how I feel a real fan should act, and it's probably very wrong of me. But I just can't help myself because I am the one out here pointing my finger, telling people who's a fake fan and who's not, because that's the idiocy of me. But that's different. That is defining what you feel is some type of standard of fan. This is just about are people happy? And if people are happy, you should allow them without judgment to be happy. See, but there is a difference, though. I, if everybody who shows up to the Fear the Deer watch party and they're casual fans and they want to have a blast and party and enjoy themselves outside and go nuts on big baskets and they're, they're living their best life after everything we went through especially, I that's great. Go there and have a great time. What I, Where I differentiate diffi- – oh, here we go again. Differentiate this is I just don't think that all those people having a good time and happy are really your true diehard Buck fans that aren't in the building. I just can't imagine those people who would go there. I, I would imagine that the focus would be I'm going to gather my close group of friends or family that are also big Bucks fans, and we're going to have our own smaller watch party at somebody's house, apartment, or the local bar we go to, not standing with complete strangers having conversations like this as the momentum swings back and forth of a game. You could be happy, and all those people can be happy, and they could also really just not be die hard in the wool Buck fans either. 
Can you just make sure that inside on side B you discuss with Bogues caca? <laughs> Those segues are hot. Yes, I can. I could get into caca with Bogus because I do again. This whole PGP is going to be me defending myself and my takes. I will defend it again. Yes. <laughs> All right. Side B. I need to hear the deep dive on Canadian bacon and the birds are swarming caca as Caulfield scores. Side B is now. It is Raz here on side B of the PGP. And how are you? Andrew Bogish is with us as well. How is he? We ask him now. Bogish, how are you? I mean, let me just say, am I happy and impressed by the medical marvel that is you? Couldn't work on Tuesday, barely survived Monday's show, but now here you are, not just back, but singing full voice. That's right. Well. That's With right. With rhyming and everything. I'm impressed. I'm back, baby, and uh, taking all... I, you know, let's start there. Let's start there. I'm not going to discuss the fact that I was off or the fact that I needed off and the fact that I just... I basically was collapsing under myself with a, a head cold from hell that led me to want some kind of antibiotic because apparently that means I need coddling because I'm working through it. So I didn't like the fact that apparently I was talked behind my back on Tuesday's show when I was out. Uh, it, it should be noted, I wasn't looking for coddling at all. The reason I kept referencing how banged up I was is because I was very self-conscious about the way I sounded when Bogus and I hosted the show on Monday. You know, people could be tuning in for the first time listening, and it needed to be said that my energy level, my voice, there's a reason it sounded like that, and the reason was I was sick. So, folks, I, you know, as a guy who was my partner on Monday, I really feel like you did me dirty in whatever went on on Tuesday, talking about how I was in this need for coddling. Well, in my defense, and in DA's defense, and I, maybe I should have had Pete pull some of these things. Pilati, how much did Merez bellyache yesterday about being sick? Oh, not much. <laughs> I can sense the sarcasm. Bones, hey. was this like an every segment thing? <laughs> Oh, I mean, yes. It was, it was very much, though, like Jordan. I mean, Jordan, that entire game in Utah, was telling us how he didn't feel well. After the game, I didn't feel well. It was typical Sean um, <coughs> looking for a pat on the back for every single little tiny thing he did. Although, he's not here today, and yesterday he couldn't be brought to read Canadian Bacon. He wrote it, but I had to read it because he wasn't strong enough to read it. But again, he's so tough because he's here just without with all these symptoms of cold, flu, whatever. <coughs> it's one thing to go to apologize, like, sorry to the audience that I sound like this, I don't feel well. But the coddling aspect came in is because you kept saying how impressive it was that you were working still. Like, that's where the difference is. I like, don't you even can remember be... saying that. Yeah, it sounded like you wanted us to applaud you for... I mean, you called it your flu game, which is Michael Jordan scoring 45 points in an NBA Ow. Finals game through the flu. You wanted credit for sitting in a chair for four hours and talking about sports. Those things happen. I mean, you remember making the flu reference. If I If you do. Was just apologize to the audience, you wouldn't have to reference the flu game, but you referenced right. the flu game because you wanted to seem tough. 
Well, let me apologize right now if that was the way it was interpreted. <laughs> I was just, we were in the middle of talking the NBA playoffs. I was merely trying to make a joke about the flu game. Of course, what I did on Monday's show was not the same thing as what Michael Jordan did off, I guess, bad pizza, as he would put it, in an NBA Finals. <laughs> of course, I understand that. The point is this. Monday, and you know this as well as anybody, Bogues, had I woken up and let the management know hey, I'm a no-go, my voice is shot, I can't do the show, while DA is off for his birthday, that would be a moment that I would probably never live down in the company. You you can't rise to the occasion when DA's already off. Are you kidding me? So I felt like I needed to go out there and give it everything I had. And as the every hour of that show ticked by, I pushed through and it became mentally, I just knew I couldn't elevate and get my game where it needed to be for the audience. So I then, thus, I melted into self-consciousness and constantly needing to tell people, by the way, I know how I sound. This is the deal. That was it. That was it. So, I don't know. I, I felt like you knew where it was coming from. You knew I was banged up and having conversations with me on Sunday. It was a bad, I was in a bad way. You were, yes, you were in a bad way. But as more than one listener pointed out, too, there were a lot of reminders that you were in a bad way and still working. It wasn't just me and DA. This is a universal agreement that you were really, really selling how sick you were and how impressed you were by the way you were working on Monday. Those things happened. I mean, and no one was like, no one's mad at you. No one's, we were just, you were having fun on Monday and then we were having fun with it on Tuesday. When you weren't at work after telling us how tough you were by being at work on Monday. And now, then you see, called out for Tuesday during Monday's show I knew, while I knew. telling us that you were tough. I knew that the only way I was going to get better. Now you heard I still have a little bit of the, you know, the phlegmy cough, but let's face it, Bogues, 48 hours removed. How much better do I sound thanks to me taking off and shutting down the pipes for a day? No, you're right. You made the right decision. Thank you. That's all I'm looking for. More coddling for me, right? I'm, I'm Ben Simmons. That's what everybody thinks. See, everybody you wanted to be ben coddled. Simmons. You wanted to be told that your decision to not work on Tuesday was correct. So me and DA are right. If I'm going to be called Ben Simmons, I might as well be coddled just like him. Absolutely. Now, with that, I returned to Canadian Bacon. It's actually the first time you heard me on Canadian Bacon. Because remember, we did Monday's show where Bogus read my script for Canadian Bacon. And then Bogus came out swinging with his own bacon on Tuesday. Bogus was on a, a hot bacon sizzle and strip if you will, and I came in, and as I normally do, the jokes when I when I review and look at a game and say who scored here, who who had a good post-game quote here, the jokes happen before the script happens, and it's something I get killed for in America. America's got bacon all the time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And I got killed for it again with my 
Kaka! Kaka! Kaka Field delivers. The Golden Knights faced a crucial penalty kill. However, the birds began swarming. Kaka! Kaka! Caulfield delivers! To Foley into the zone. Corey Perry to Caulfield. He gave it away to Mark Stone. 50 left in the Ford power play. Stone to the line. Knock loose. Turn back the other way. Breakaway. Corey Perry trying to get some speed. Caulfield shoots and scores! Perry to Caulfield. 3-0 Montreal. That call courtesy of Martin McGuire on the Canadians radio network. Yes, Cole Caulfield put the Knights to bed. Bogues. You seem like somebody who half liked it and half hated it. And Bogue and DA definitely wanted a deeper dive here on, I, I guess, your thoughts overall than me again trying to defend where I went with this. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little chicken or the egg. Like, which came first? Because I did like it because you did sell it really well and it was entertaining even if it didn't make sense, which it probably didn't, especially if, if you care about reflecting the correct noise that a vulture makes. But this is where the, the chicken or egg thing comes in. Like, because you're kind of writing backwards, it takes some extra sentences to get us all in line, ready for the punchline. And those extra sentences often send me and or DA like in a different direction. So it makes us think one thing and then the joke's another. So then like we kind of we're not meeting the joke head on, so to speak. And I don't know if that's our fault, if it's your fault, if it's a little of everyone's fault, that we should like try, somehow like not think too much about these jokes, just listen. I don't know how to fix it. Or again, who gets all of the blame or some of the blame for it. But the setup of the cacao sent me in a different direction. And then all of a sudden you're just hilariously doing cacao, cacao, cacao. And now like things don't really matter because you're doing that on national radio over an NHL highlight. So, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's a lot. And, like, I think DA's ultimate point is correct. Like, if this really matters, like, if, if you were 19 years old and submitting work for, like, a job, like, the the advice might be, like, you need to streamline this and tighten it up and get to the joke sooner or whatever. But, like, this is now the way you do Canadian bacon, and I don't want it to change because – it's too, the content is too good. Um, but, I mean, maybe just letting some things happen naturally as opposed to thinking of them beforehand or even during the game and then force-feeding them the next morning like that seems to be where you're getting into some trouble here. Uh, and I think that's all fair in criticism and everything. And I guess my, my, my point back to this would be, my volley back would be, I understand the element of where DA applauds you in writing Canadian Bacon is that you're kind of writing it and almost the jokes write themselves as you're going, like, oh, okay, now I have this, where I'm working from the inside out with having the joke first and then writing. But I do a lot of what you have to do. Like, for instance, in this Canadian Bacon, and then Montreal would have none of it as they jumped out. Like, that was a natural, I didn't pre-think of that. That just went with the flow. There was another one of those moments, I think, after the flow went, and I realized that Vegas had lost two home games. I gave you the Floyd Mayweather stat. And that stuff just kind of flows with it. I am still giving you some of what DA rewarded you with, where I think Canadian Bacon needs to thrive. And if you followed Canadian Bacon, forget last season, just talk about this season alone, you know that there is, for better or worse, I give you a moneymaker, a breadwinner, and sometimes I'm able to give you two of those. And to me, 
Canadian Bacon would not be Canadian Bacon if I simply just wrote a nice little script out of the game, hope that, you know, a joke would, I would run into a joke as I am typing this out. No, no, no. I need to circle a good moneymaker and then work my way around that because otherwise I just don't think Canadian Bacon survives. I don't think it is what it is, folks. And Kakao, Kakao, Kakao was that on Wednesday's show. So I I knew Monday night that I was going to do Canadian Bacon Tuesday because you were not going to be in. So I was watching Islanders Lightning, looking for things to write off of, write around, whatever it may be. And when the Islanders pulled Semyon Varlamov late in the first period, like immediately uh, my mind went Varlam off the ice. So I was like, okay, so I so I had that one, like in my back pocket for the morning. I wrote it down to remember that I that I thought of it. But then when it, when I sat down the next morning and wrote the script, I literally just wrote that same sentence again. Like I didn't write four or five sentences to get me to Varlamov. I just said uh, I played a Stamkos highlight to start the game. I said two other guys scored in the first period, sending Semyon Varlam off the ice after 15 minutes, and then it was done. So, like, you can do it, and then we're back. You know, so you can think of things the night before or, like, have a predetermined joke, but then it's about, I guess, what DA said in, like, massaging it and smoothing it and getting it down to as crisp as possible so you're not losing people as you're setting it up. I guess that's true. However... When I immediately, when I thought of Caulfield, I didn't want to do a coffee pun. I didn't want to do a field pun. I didn't want to do a coal pun. And the one thing that I just laughed at, I said, this would be so good if I could make the bird sound. Caw, caw, caw. How do I make that work? If I just come out and I'm just like, and then it was time for caw, caw, caw. People would be like, well, why are you making bird sounds? So I tried to then smooth it over. The birds began swarming. And, and then I, apparently I lose you guys with that. That seems like very simple math to me, and I can't believe it got that complicated for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I don't have the script in front of me. I don't remember w- how many words there were before you were cacawing. Um But, I mean, even just now, like you could have just started with like, you know, Cole Caulfield flapped his wings, like in the same, and then like that was it. Like I, It's like the setup – I, it just it has seemed to be a pattern where there, the setups have been so long, you end up hurting yourself because it takes so long and sometimes a confusing way to get to the payoff. The payoff is still good, but sometimes it gets tripped up by what comes right before it. But, but, I'm going to argue this till the cows come home now. Yeah. By giving you a longer setup, if you listen to Canadian Bacon enough, and you and DA do daily, obviously, you know to prepare your ears that something's coming, right? Like, and I know you guys kept talking about Alfred Hitchcock. Where is he going with this? That see, that's key because your ears were up and you were ready for something. You might not love Kakao 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 much if I basically lead with that and I give you a flap the wings after. You might give it a starky laugh. The drama of oh no, oh no, oh, that's where he went. I think there's a little something there to the extended writing into it. If if the payoff is there, and sometimes right. and in the past the payoff hasn't been there. Is as good a payoff as you'll get. I would say the best part of that joke was the way you did it, because you were all you might has have well been an actual bird circling a golden knight carcass on the ice in Vegas last night. You sold it. But nuts and bolts I don't know that it was 
it was perfect. But it was the best part of it was your delivery, which is great. I mean, that probably is a better thing to do anyway, because a bad delivery probably kills more jokes than not. So it's good the way you're delivering it. And that can overcome whatever clunkiness might be there getting to the actual punchline. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, this is why I need to go to you. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get out of changing my ways, if you will. I don't know that. Um, but maybe it, it's just something I'm going to have to do. I, I really I don't know the right answer to this, Bogus. You guys want me to be something I am not when it comes to joke writing and Canadian bacon. And I, maybe maybe I, DA wants you to be something that you're not. I'm okay with you being you, and I, I, I like the way that you are it because it, it probably – if like let's just say if me or Connor or Pete did this every single day, it could get a little monotonous in that like fun, you know, it's funny, it's clever, whatever, but it's like it's kind of repetitive. At least with with you, it's going to be different every single day. And it could be – it hasn't been boring once yet. It has not been bad once yet. So the you know, the, at the end of the day, you're entertaining us. You might also confuse us, and then you might get annoyed by our confusion. But your ups and downs, your peaks and valleys might be – is definitely better served than – us coming in, especially me and Pete, because we know how good Connor is. But like me and Pete just came in and did B plus A minuses every single day. It might get old, but you sometimes doing A plus, sometimes flirting with a D, like that's that's good stuff. All right. Well, here we go, folks. I mean, look, there may not be that many bacon's left. I mean, we are on the verge. We have two teams on the verge yeah. of elimination at the time of this taping in the conference finals, or whatever the fake conference finals, semifinal, whatever you want to call it. And then a Stanley Cup. Will I learn my lesson by the end of the Cup? Who knows? Nobody really knows. But with that, we're going to cacaw, cacaw, cacaw our way out of the PGP. Bogues, how can we follow you? Uh, at Andrew Bogish on Twitter. And you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at CVS. Have a cacaw, cacaw, cacaw week, everyone. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.